Whitelist.io. Welcome to the Coast to Coast Podcast. We are back here with episode 25. I'm your host, Kyle Creasy, and I'm here with my co-host, Emmett Ernsberger. Um, today, unfortunately, due to outside circumstances, we could not have our other co-host, Luke Walker, with us today, but he will be back on a regular schedule. This is just certain certain situation going on, so you know, totally understand he'll be back with us very soon, um, but just something that came up, so he's not with us tonight. So it's just me and Emmett, but um, you know, not going to be a super long pod today. Obviously, we found out some new things about Donovan Mitchell, and I know we've kind of touched on Donovan Mitchell in a lot of episodes this summer, but kind of have to, but I feel like we've also gotten more new information now in the past week or so that kind of leads to more in-depth conversation that we've not been able to have uh, prior. So totally worth it to talk about it there. Um, continuing our positional rankings at the power forward spot today. Um, so we have our top 10 power forwards. And then uh, to start it out today, we are actually going to go over a survey that Tim Bontemps, who's a ESPN writer, uh, puts out a lot of great stuff. Um, he t- talks on some segments on ESPN as well. Just a great, great guy covering the league. So he took a survey where he kind of pulled uh, – he, he kept all names anonymous, but it was a mix of coaches, executives, and scouts throughout the league, and he just asked them some questions going into next season. So we're going to take a look at that, talk about Donovan Mitchell, and then give you our top ten power forwards, and that will be a wrap for today. But um, going straight into it to start out, we did have the survey – from Tim Bontemps, came out the other day. Some of you might have seen some stuff about it on Twitter, whether it was a question that was answered or a multitude of questions. Maybe you read the whole thing. But we're just going to go over it and kind of give some of our thoughts on some of these questions and how they were answered by these people that are in the league. So um, the very first question, which came to no surprise to me, except for the fact that it wasn't unanimous, actually, I guess, was who is the best player in the NBA right now? Um, before we reveal the poll, Emmett, who is the best player in the NBA in your opinion currently? It, it's got to be Giannis. I mean, I, I don't see another person. And I totally agree with you there. And most people that were polled uh, here agree with us as well. 11 of the 15 voters voted Giannis. Three of the voters voted for Steph. And one of the voters voted for LeBron James. I feel like the vote for LeBron has to be somebody that's either associated with him somewhere <laughs> or because – like, come on, man. Like, I mean, I think LeBron's great, but in no world is he the best player in the world right now. Um, Steph Curry, I feel like that's kind of a – There, I feel like the reasoning is probably, oh, he just won the championship, won the finals, yeah. MVP, but I still think that that's not, that's not enough to just say that he was better than Giannis. Yeah, Steph, Steph definitely seems like there's some recency bias. Just the whole championship is carrying all three of his votes. I mean, it has to be – I mean – He's an incredible shooter, yeah, but I don't see how anyone could not pick Giannis. It's just, yeah. yeah. I'm totally with you, man. And uh, for the second straight year in this poll, Giannis is the leading choice. Uh, last year, he was an even split with Kevin Durant. Um, you know, I think KD is still that caliber of player, but just based off what we saw last year, there's no there's no argument for Kevin Durant. Yeah. His playoff performance didn't really help him at all, and these no. voters seem to be leaning some sort of playoff, at least with Steph Curry. Yeah, and I mean, we touched on it, but this literally says that an Eastern Conference scout had two words to sum up his vote for Stephen Curry at number one. He wins. It, exactly. There's, I mean, it's... I just, I hate that because it's like, 
So Giannis just won a championship the year before and took the team who came out of the East to seven games. So he's not a winner, you know? Yeah. I mean, <laughs> because he lost a game seven without his, without his, uh, I'll call him like a two, a two B type player. Cause Drew holiday was that good this year, but missing an all-star caliber player in the playoffs still took the Boston Celtics to seven games in the Eastern conference semis. He just doesn't win apparently because of that. Yeah. I mean, I, I see what you're saying, but at the same time, I feel like Steph gets a lot of publicity and love for being this like, uh, multiple time NBA final winner. He's a guard. He's, uh, I don't want to say undersized, but he's just not as like physically dominant as some of these guys. So he gets a little bit more of the benefit of the doubt. I feel like from at least the, the media. Yeah. Which I think is true. I don't know if it's actually right, but it's it. Yeah. I mean, it'd be interesting to kind of ask in depth the people and just kind of see how they view it. But um, the second question that was asked was who will be the best player in the NBA in five years? Your answer. I'm I'm leaning Luca, but Giannis is a very close second. So my pick is Luca. Like I, I'm probably not even like thinking about you. Which it could. I mean, I'm not gonna act like it's crazy. Like it could be Giannis, and Giannis was the leading vote getter here. He received seven votes um, of the fifteen. And I mean, I, I understand, but I also feel like. Lucas still has a ways to go in terms of so what, much he can, to grow. what he could improve as a player. And if he keeps improving in these different areas, it's like, oh, my gosh, man. And, like, he's just so good already. Like, I just can't imagine Luka Doncic from five years and five years from now and, like, in his peak prime basically at that point. Like, it's just hard to, for me to imagine somebody being better than Luka at that point. Yeah, I don't want to say Giannis can't grow a lot more because there's definitely room for him to expand but yeah yeah just the diff i think that luca's ceiling is so high that it's really hard not to say like luca is going to be the best player in five years could you imagine if luca could really improve like his catch and shoot game and could also play a little bit more off the ball in terms of like catching off actions and being able to play off of them as well as becoming like even just a slightly below average defender he <laughs> It's it's a horrifying thought. Like he would have I mean, there's no way around it. He's gonna be arguably the greatest player of all time if that happens. Like, yeah, I mean, he's definitely like that's his ceiling. Like it's not crazy to yeah. say that. Like his ceiling is like his ceiling realistically is one of the greatest players ever. Yeah, it's I mean it's gotta be top three. That's his ceiling. Will yeah, get there? And I don't I, know. But when I say that, I'm not saying like potentially top 15 i'm saying like this dude could be like in goat conversation <laughs> yeah. based on based on current trajectory like we're obviously we're obviously working with with what we've seen so far and based on what we've seen and comparing it to others it only compares with a few people yeah i mean spe- special special player there's there's no doubt around yeah so he was second with six votes so he was just one behind Giannis, and jason tatum actually got two votes I'm very high on Tatum. I do think Tatum has, like, best player in the world potential, but I just think it's hard for him to maybe surpass one of those two guys. Yeah, I feel like if Jason Tatum ever does get to that point, I I, I don't imagine him really passing Luka or Giannis, but he's definitely going to be up there. Yeah, and, I mean, maybe there's a world where, you know, Tatum's already good at, at so many different things on both sides of the floor. And maybe as he continues to progress as a playmaker, which he made a really big jump this past year, 
like maybe we're looking at a scenario in a few years where Luca hasn't improved in different areas and Tatum has improved on some of the few areas that he was weaker in. And maybe we are saying that he's better than Luca, like at that point. But, you know, like I think for right now, it's just fair. Like we've said, Luca and Giannis are the two that you can choose from, but Luca's my pick. Yeah, it's definitely a real possibility. But also, they could be thinking maybe the Celtics are like almost like a small dynasty and making a good run, a lot of finals appearances, maybe wins. And then that's what could push him over the top. Yeah. Oh, for sure. But um, this is the first one that gets kind of like interesting, in my opinion. The third question was, who will be the MVP this season? And there were actually five players that got votes. So we will have an episode right before the season starts where we will kind of go over our preseason predictions of who's going to win awards, you know, who's going to win it all, this type of thing. I know we've kind of spoiled some of that stuff already, but Emmett, right now, this totally could change for either one of us. Um, we're not we're not promising that we're going to lock in these answers here just yet. Um, who will be the MVP this season, in your opinion? I I have to go, Luca. <laughs> I'm going to be honest. I have to go, Luca. I think I'm leaning towards agreeing with that pick. And if I'm not picking Luca, I'm going Jason Tatum. Yeah, I I. 100% love those two picks. For for me, I'm leading Luca. It's just kind of a thing where he just keeps getting better, and he's gotten to this point this point in his career where he's so good, he's just incredible. And I feel like the next step for him is MVP. And I just I feel like it's got to be this year or the next year. Yeah. So I think them getting Christian Wood will be huge, especially in the regular season of his dynamic with like and him honestly him having Javale even if Javale plays 20 minutes just a real pick and roll threat for a lob and also like a real like crazy good pick and pop threat that can also create off of the pop as well with Christian Wood. And alongside that, I know they lost Jalen Brunson. And if you've heard me talk about the Mavericks before, you know that I think it may not affect them crazily in the regular season because how good Luka is and they have good supporting pieces. But I do think it will affect them in the playoffs. But since we're just talking regular season here, it's a regular season award. um, Tim Hardaway Jr. is going to be back. They'll have Reggie Bullock still. They still have Dorian Finney-Smith. I mean, whenever they're putting up lineups with all those guys and Luka around them, I do think Luka is going to have another monster year and have a good chance for the MVP. The reason I'm debating him or Tatum is that Tatum had such a strong year last year, especially after – basically whenever the Celtics picked up was when Tatum picked up as well. I know they made acquisitions, but they actually picked it up in the season in terms of win totals before they made some of the acquisitions at the trade deadline. So in my eyes – Tatum is coming off a finals run now. He just had a crazy good year. I know he didn't play particularly well in the finals compared to his standards, but in terms of playoffs as a whole, he had a really good playoff still. And so taking all that in consideration, he's still like, he's going to be 25 this year. I just think in terms of, you know, like how young he is being able to play as much and like the durability of a guy at that age as well as the team that they're bringing back and how they were rolling to end the season, you kind of expect that to be even better going forward with Malcolm Brogdon there this year. So I just think I think the Celtics team is going to come out red hot, and so I think Tatum leading the charge there. It's always hard to argue that a team with a crazy good record with, a, with like a real all-NBA caliber player won't be in the MVP conversation. Yeah, and I mean – the way stuff's been leaning recently, I don't know if the wins can carry you all the way to the MVP, but Tatum, Luka, Giannis, and then obviously Jokic and Joel, I think those are the five right there with sprinkling in some people like Steph and those guys, but it'll be an interesting MVP race for sure. 
Oh, no doubt. Um, so the guys that received votes, just like I said, there were five of them. Um, Giannis received five votes. Totally could see it. I picked him last year. He came in third. It's whatever. Um, Luca received four votes. Joel Embiid received four votes. Uh, none of those three would surprise me. I think Embiid is going to have a good shot as well with them having all the shooters around them uh, this year. Um, Steph Curry received a vote. Nothing crazy. John Morant received a vote. I thought that was kind of wild. Um, and I love Ja Morant, but the, what Jokic just did this past year is kind of an anomaly in terms of winning the MVP award. And he was missing so much production and still led that team to a locked-in playoff spot, even with the play-in format right now. So I totally get why he won it, and I picked him to win it. I like I want I said that he deserved to win it, but it's just hard for me to comprehend with all the teams loaded up in the West right now that Memphis without Jaron Jackson until probably like January is going to like really be up in the top six. Yeah. This, this John Morant pick is not my favorite at all. I mean, I love John Morant as a player, but exactly at what you said, it's just, I don't really see a way John Morant can win it. His stats are going to be absurd. Don't get me wrong, but an MVP, I, I don't know. That's, a couple of years down the road if he ever gets one. Yeah, and I mean, last year, I mean, just off the top of my head, I think Ja was averaging like 27, 7, and 5. And, like, could that win you an MVP? Yeah. For sure. But let's say that some – I mean, maybe it doesn't even take a step back. Maybe it's the same. Those same numbers on a team that finishes the season – again, I don't know what Memphis is going to do, man. But let's just say they finish the year at, like, 42 and 40. You're not winning the MVP. No shot. I mean, if Kobe couldn't back then, John Morant's not now. Yeah, and and like it's like although the Jaron Jackson Jr. thing is a big, big piece of it, it's like they also lost DeAnthony Melton, who was a great uh, depth piece, in, especially in the regular season. They didn't play him as much in the playoffs. But in terms of regular season depth, which they really relied on last year, um, hence why they were so good even whenever Jaw was out because they were such a deep team. I mean, they've they're basically – the first two or maybe even three months of the season, they won't have a second best player who's also one of the best defenders and, and best guys that can like man a defense in the entire league, along with two huge depth pieces from last year with him and Kyle Anderson. Like I said, man, like it's just hard to imagine that Memphis is in a scenario where we could have a conversation about Ja winning MVP. Now, yeah. maybe I'm completely wrong. Maybe Ja is able to will this Grizzlies team, and they're up there. In that sense, yes, he's totally deserving of it, but I sure wouldn't pick it. Yeah, I mean, if don't get me wrong. I'm not trying to say Jaws bad in any way, but if he, if, if they're up there top three in the West and he has phenomenal, like he has efficiencies up there, his stats are up there, yeah, give it to him. But, like, it, I, I agree with you. It's not a great pick. Yeah. I mean, it's like he's a great player, probably one of the best point guards out there. But, I mean, it's just it, – it's not a safe pick at all. I mean, you'd think that these guys picking this are going to pick who they put their money on. I don't see anyone putting their money on Jaw. So, if I said, Emmett, pick a guy who wasn't listed there, maybe leaning more towards, like, a sleeper pick, who would who would you tell people to keep their eyes on that could maybe win the MVP award next year? And don't you say it. You might hate me. I'm not. I'm not going Anthony Edwards. Shout out Anthony Edwards, but <laughs> <laughs> I'm going Zion Williamson. Wow, 
I I'm not I sleeper pick. Will he win it? No. But okay. I mean I, I like what he can do. The Pelicans make a little bit of a run, him putting up close to thirty on super high field goal percentages. I, I kinda like it. Don't think that's crazy. Since we're calling it a sleeper pick, I don't think that's crazy. I mean, Jason Tatum's not listed here either, but well, uh, but I feel like if you asked a lot of people and you, yeah, said, yeah. you said give me your top five to watch an MVP conversation next year, I think he's in there for more for most people. Yeah, I mean, I'm I'm going Zion. For I, I will say for the, a couple weeks ago, for some reason, I was saying Anthony Davis. I don't know why, but I was getting like that that preseason, like off season, just like Anthony Davis is going to come back healthy. He's going to come back in his prime. But Seen recently, <laughs> recently, <laughs> I've just been. Um, I've gone away from that. I've grown up. <laughs> Zion Williamson is my sleeper pick. So mine is not a clipper. Um, <laughs> a shock for some people, it is not Kawhi Leonard or Paul George. Yes, I probably did debated it, but I don't I don't think either of those guys probably plays more in like 60, 65 games. So it'd be hard to win it at that point. Mine's actually Trey Young. Nice. Yes. Um I do I just I love what they've done this offseason. Um, and they're probably not going to be a contender like we've talked about come playoff time. But I don't see why if health can be on their side a little bit, if him and DeJounte just really work out. I mean, Trey's going to have the numbers for it, man. And, like, put that with, like, a 55-plus win season. Again, not just banking on it happening, but if I'm just telling somebody, watch out for that guy to possibly win it. That's my pick. Uh, I might go ahead and say this. Trey Young's probably going to win the scoring title and might win the uh, passing title. Which would make things I interesting. I don't think it's crazy. So yeah, I, I like that pick a lot. Year, and I know the immediate thought is going to be, well, Dejounte's there now. I don't think people realize if you really look into the numbers, like Trey's a great off-ball player, but Atlanta, one of the best. Atlanta can't afford to play him off the ball, but they can now with Dejounte. Yeah. I mean, I I've been seeing people online just trashing that duo, and. Either they're not watching basketball or they're not putting in the effort to look up if Trey Young can play off ball. But just one simple Google search and you find out Trey Young is one of the best off ball shooters. That alone should at least put you like, maybe this might work. I mean, I don't see why anyone would think it's obviously 100% not going to work. Can you imagine, too, like the pressure that DeJounte is going to be able to put on a defense by himself? And so whenever he's able to find Trey as well, and it's not even just a catch and shoot. And Trey's able to attack off of a shifting defense, something that he's probably not able to do much at all. So he's going to be able to do that now. And he's, I mean, he's one of the best in the league in terms of finding the open man. To be able to do that off of a shifting defense is going to be just nasty stuff. Yeah. And I mean, a lot of NBA scouts have been saying, like, when he was fresh out of college, that he had like a little bit of a hothead issue, that he was kind of just like chaotic sometimes. And you could tell Popovich kind of kept that tucked inside, but now he's in Atlanta. He's going to be an animal out there. Like he's going to be playing fast pace, hard, very, very um, active. Like it's it's going to be a fun team to watch. And Trey Young definitely could win MVP. Yeah. Um, we'll we'll go ahead and move on to the next question. Um, I think that was interesting though. I'm glad we were able to talk about that. Is who will be the best rookie in five years? So I'll answer this one first. Oh, it's it's hard, man. It's hard. But I got to say it. And I know he just got hurt. Chet. I, I like the pick. I don't – I mean, 
Um, should I go with mine? Yeah, go ahead, say it. See, I want to say Chet, and I think I'm going to say Chet as well. Uh huh. But for some reason, my gut instinct tells me Jaden Hardy. Oh, <laughs> but man. I'm gonna go. I'm gonna go Chet. Just I gotta on. go Chet. <laughs> <laughs> I'm, I'm not. I'm not gonna do that. I gotta go Chet. But shout out Jaden Hardy. Yeah, I think Jaden Hardy has some potential. I'm not sure I'd go that far. <laughs> um, I, I do. I do love Chet's game, though. I think it, once he gets healthy, if he can just be out there confident on the NBA core, I think he's going to be a fantastic basketball player. For me, man, I just think he has the highest ceiling, and his floor is like a defensive anchor that's able to space the floor on offense as well. That's yeah. just that's just hard to argue, in my opinion of who could be the best whenever that's his ceiling and his floor. Yeah, um, I, I can't agree more. Him and Paolo actually tied in this at six votes apiece. I don't have a problem with it because I do think Paolo's going to be really good. And I like the dynamic that he has in Orlando with that front court. I think they're going to be a very like explosive offense with that front court. So I have no issue with people voting Paolo either. Um, Jaden Ivey received two votes and Keegan Murray received a vote. Don't get me wrong, I think Keegan Murray's going to be good. I think that one vote is probably really overreacting to his summer league performance. So. Yeah. Um, I mean. Yeah, go ahead. I, I feel like that one vote, Ke- Keegan Murray played fa- fantastic this summer, but, like, his potential's there. He could be good, but I feel like a vote should have been to Jabari Smith or Benedict. Like, someone else with a little bit higher of a ceiling, I think. Yeah. It, kinda, it just shocked me Jabari Smith didn't get a vote and Keegan Murray did, but. Yeah, I w- it was pretty surprising, and they mentioned this in the article, that Jabari Smith didn't get a vote. Um, I saw some Magic fans actually saying, oh, yeah, people, wanna, people wanted to call Orlando crazy because they said that Jabari was the perfect one to pick whenever actual people in the NBA in this survey, not, not one picked him to be the best player in five years. So, I mean, the Magic fans kind of have a point in that sense. Um, I do think that – Jabari's could be a good NBA player. I just don't think his ceiling's nearly as high as the other two drafted in the top three. I agree. And especially just like, I think Chet's the best one, at least ceiling wise. But comparing Jabari Smith and Paulo, just body size alone, Paulo is so much bigger, so much more fluid, at least just from the eye test for me. I just like Paulo as a player, just very simple, just better, straight up for me. Yeah. And Jaden Ivory received two votes. I don't know. I wouldn't pick it, but I think Jaden Ivey's gonna be really good, and I think yeah, he's he super well off Cade. He's he's gonna be really good. I just I don't understand why he has so much so much like he's going to be a very good basketball player. But I'm, I'm seeing people comparing him to like future like All NBA guaranteed Hall of Fame like Michael Jordan esque like not goat, but and I that see type what you're player. saying because although I'm total like I'm very pro Jaden Ivey like. You got to acknowledge what his floor could possibly be. Yeah. And his floor is potentially like not even a very good NBA player. <laughs> yeah. Like, I'm, I love Jaden Ivey. He was one of my favorite players watching in college. But like, I, I, I can't, I just don't understand what they were seeing when it comes to this like insane potential, like insane ceiling player. Like, well, his like, floor like is that, very low, too. It's like that conversation got brought up of like, could Jaden Ivey potentially sneak into the top three? And it was always like, no, like our yeah. top three has been set all year long. Like, <laughs> it's not, like he's not in that category. And I, like I said, I think he's going to be a really good player, but that was just crazy talk. 
Yeah, that it it bothered me the entire draft circuit. Just the whole process with Jaden Ivy, Jaden Ivy, and I was like, I understand he's great, he's going to be good, but why? Why is he in the conversation with the top three? He might be better than Jabari Smith, but like the top three was locked. Come on now. Yeah. So next question was, which team will Kevin Durant be on the day after the trade deadline? We're not really going to discuss this one. The Brooklyn Nets received 13 votes. I think that's a pretty easy answer. Yeah. Um, Suns got a vote. Celtics got a vote. But part of me wonders if those two people are in the Suns or Celtics organization. (laughs) (laughs) They have to be. Nah, but I'm sure I'm sure that was actually people like legit thinking that. But but Brooklyn, I think, has to be the answer there. Um, Which team will Donovan Mitchell be on the day after the trade deadline, which we're going to talk some about here in a minute. Um, the New York Knicks received 14 of 15 votes here. The Jazz, the Jazz received the other one. I think you'd have to be a lunatic to think Donovan Mitchell is going to be on this team in February. Yeah, he's definitely going to be on the Heat. But um, <laughs> <laughs> no, I I think this these numbers are a perfect sign. Like he's he's definitely leading the Jazz. There's no doubt about it. And we will talk about it here in a minute. Yeah. Guys, it's a matter of time before this guy's in a Knicks uniform. It's just the details being worked out. And we're going to talk about a lot of details. But that's what it comes down to right now. He is going to be a Nick. And if you followed this podcast, you know, you know, I wanted it. And it's happening. Okay. (laughs) Let's see. Which team had the best offseason? So we already kind of did tiers. And so, like, our two tiers, our, our two teams that we put in the tiers were the Timberwolves and the Celtics. We both put, we put them both in the S tier. So which one of the two, in your opinion, had the better offseason, just quickly? And for me, it was the Timberwolves, but I understand the Celtics are very, very close second. So – I, I think I'm, I'm with you, except I, I would go Celtics and think the Timberwolves are a close second. But what's surprising to me is that the Timberwolves were not, did not receive a single vote. It, it has to be that either the voters are not big Gobert fans or it has to do with how many tr- uh, picks they gave up. Like, yeah, I, I think, think it's it, a value thing. I think he touches on it whenever I was reading it, that it's a pick, it's a pick thing, like how many picks yeah. they gave up. I'm, I'm assuming – because yeah. we, we touched on it before, so I'm not going to go into detail right now, but it's unfair to just straight up look at it and say, oh, too many picks. Yeah, definitely. I mean, they're also probably assuming, like, we. I think we took into consideration that they're making the jump into contention, at least bubble contention for the finals, and they're probably just saying good offseason, bad offseason, just straight simple. Um, so the teams that all received votes were – these aside from the Celtics were the 76ers Celtics received six votes by the way 76ers received two votes the Jazz received two votes which we gave them an a so understood yep. but the Hawks received a vote I get it good trade Clippers received a vote I think we had a good offseason I would not go that far in terms of best offseason and do I think we're a contender yes we get a lot of people back but in terms of best offseason and like acquiring talent and stuff I don't think we did anything that some of these other teams did. Um, the Knicks got a vote. I think that's kind of crazy. Um, yeah. I mean, <laughs> especially considering it's right now. Like, it's not even like Mitchell's there yet. I still probably wouldn't give them a vote if Mitchell was there. But even without him, man, that is that is crazy. <laughs> um, Jalen Brunson's not doing that much for him. Yeah. 
Uh, the Kings received a vote. Um, and, and like I said, we were high on them too, but uh, that's just crazy. And even worse here, the Washington Wizards had a vote. Look, I've made a joke about it. This is not a joke. Whoever put that is involved in the Wizards organization. <laughs> Someone's a big Brad Beal fan. Clearly. Like, <laughs> somebody really likes Monty Morris too. Yeah, the, that's that's a terrible pick. Ter- terrible pick. I mean. I literally don't even know what to say to that. It's just horrid. Monty Morris is your starting point guard. I don't know how far you plan on going. <laughs> and I'm not I even mean, dating. He's good, but like. I, it it no, makes you question. Respect to Monty Morris. Sorry, yeah, I mean, sorry to Monty Morris. It makes you question what they were thinking, like what their um, just like reasoning behind it was. Because I, I literally cannot think of a single, just even loophole for this question. Why you put the Wizards? The best offseason to them must mean, hey, who's in the most mediocre territory in the entire NBA? <laughs> I mean, unless Bradley Beal himself is voting on this after getting that paycheck, I don't see who's voting for this. But then they went to which team had the worst offseason. Okay, we've talked about it. We put it in tears. We don't really need to touch on it. But just going over who got votes. Dallas Mavericks had six votes. They were in our D tier. Charlotte Hornets had three votes. They were in our D tier. Brooklyn Nets had two votes. I disagree with that now. And I don't remember if they did this. I think they did it after the KD stuff. So if that's the case, it, I don't it know was why. Yeah, I don't really know why they put picks them then. Um, be- before the KD stuff, though, I get it, but not after. The Denver Nuggets received a vote, and he goes into detail and says that whoever voted on that was not very high on the Monty Morris trade, and they thought Monty Morris was really good for Denver. But dude, Jamal Murray's coming back, and they just acquired a great 3 and D player to start the two, and the two's been one of their weakest positions in this whole Jokic and Jamal yeah. Murray era. Like, I don't like that reasoning. I mean, it's it's definitely a stale offseason, but a bad offseason, no, not at all. Yeah. Lakers received a vote. Uh, thing, I think the reasoning in the article was they thought Westbrook was going to be moved or something. Uh, I get it, I guess. I mean, I, weren't the Lakers in the D tier for us? Uh D or C. I think it was It'd probably be C now if we redid it just because they were able to flip uh, Mr. PHT for Pat Bev. <laughs> but um, still, it's not like they're high. The Timberwolves actually received a vote here, and the reasoning was because he hated the draft capital that they gave up. I just don't it, like it, it. It has to be the same person who put the Jazz for their favorite. Like, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> they just hated um, that trade. And then the Trailblazers received a vote, which uh, I don't, I don't, I don't agree with because I get it. The Trailblazers aren't a contender, but they got a lot better, and like you have to like acknowledge that. And yeah, like, I mean, like there's a there's like there's a chance like we've seen Dame be a part of like the only uh, the only All Star on a team that's been on a top three seed. So who's to say that can't happen again? You know what I'm saying? Yeah, what what I've been saying for weeks is like it's just exciting to see them actually put a little bit of effort. To the team around Damien. Is it the best team? No. Is it the best offseason? No, but it is not a bad offseason. No. At all. So then they said, what was the most surprising move of the offseason? Mine, mine's probably DeJounte to Atlanta. I, it's it's probably DeJounte or Gobert. I was just shocked Gobert got moved. Okay. Actually, yeah. Now that I'm thinking about it, now that you just said that, when Gobert got traded to Minnesota, I was like in shock. 
and it, it was so early on too in the off season. I don't think anyone was ready for it. Yeah, but the ones who had votes here, yeah, Gobert was the leading vote with ten votes. No other, no other uh, move got more than one vote. James Harden taking a pay cut got a vote. I love that pick. <laughs> That's probably my favorite pick on this yeah. whole. Yeah, oh, shout God. out, shout out to the guy that put that. <laughs> Dejounte to Atlanta received a vote, and Russell Westbrook still being a Laker received a vote. I don't know how that could surprise you. Like, the dude's on one of the worst contracts in the league and hasn't had meaningful production, especially last year. I don't know why that's shocking to somebody that they weren't able to move him. That's <laughs> like, um, but whatever. And then Brogdon to the Celtics got a vote. I wasn't really expecting that one, but I also kind of thought the Celtics might improve, and I thought Brogdon was going to move as well. So I guess just considering those two things, I never was like crazily shocked by that. Um, yeah, I mean, it it was something the Celtics had to do, but I think the name Brogdon was shocking. Yeah, and then um, I'm pretty sure, yeah, this one wraps it up here. But who wins the East Finals, West Finals, NBA Finals? And we've already covered that. So. Um, you know, we I think it was last week or the week before, but we we've already kind of covered who we think contenders and who's coming out of the East West and who we think's gonna win it all. Uh, clip ganger don't bang, but um, <laughs> shout out Tim Bontemps, great survey. But um, now we're going to transition into some Donovan Mitchell talk. So the other night we got some news that the Knicks extended R.J. Barrett something that we've talked about that we thought should have been done. I assume that it wasn't done because some news that we got that I was not aware of at all and did not expect. Utah wants Barrett. Not what I expected. No, not at all. Everything we'd heard was they want draft capital, draft capital, draft capital. And I, my theory is that what has happened here, they're not getting a lot of, offers with a ton of draft capital. I think a ton of teams would love to have Donovan Mitchell, but I don't think a ton of teams are willing to just trade the farm. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. And I so, mean, yeah, go ahead. I, I was just going to say, like like Luke said a couple episodes ago, Danny Ainge is an intelligent man. He sees what R.J. Barrett can be. It's like I, I understand wanting the draft capital, but R.J. Barrett is an intriguing, like interesting trade value for me. And I, I totally agree. And – Man, it's going to be interesting to see what happens here. But basically, the details of RJ's extension, the way it works is that if you get a max extension, you cannot be traded until um, until like the year later or something like that. Well, he didn't sign a max extension. It's like right under it. And... I don't know the exact rules on if Barrett can be traded immediately or if they have to wait a little bit, but it's not nearly as long as like if he were to sign a max extension, whereas he would have been ruled out from being traded for the year. It's not. It's not at that anymore. Um, They can still work with it. Now, I think Woj was saying like whatever type of deal this is called or whatever, there's only been one player actually traded on it, and that means that you're traded on the last year of your rookie deal before the extension kicks in. So that would be interesting because you'd be trading for a guy, and then if you traded for him, so like let's say in a hypothetical world here, Jazz pull this trade off, and I'm really high on R.J. Barrett, but let's just say it goes miserably. Well, you can't do anything. You owe him $120 million for four years. 
Yeah. So like that's why these guys aren't typically traded uh, during these years after they signed that extension. Um, and that's why there's only been one, and I think it was Darren Williams that was traded on that. Uh, I don't know why I remember that from from, <laughs> from what was the other night, but it's whatever. It just came off the top. No of idea. But um, yeah. So it is just really intriguing, like we've said, that Danny Ainge wants RJ Barrett, and you you touched on it. I totally understand why he's gonna be a special player. Now, I think there's a world where this makes sense for the Knicks to include RJ Barrett. And I would love, I would love to have Mitchell Barrett and Brunson together to try to bring in other guys as well, because Brunson, um, what let's see, what Brunson has a descending deal, and mm-hmm. so does Robinson, I think, and they also clear a lot of money in like two off seasons or whatever, so the cap's going to spike as well, so they'll have a lot of cap space, but um, yeah, I mean, I that's why I'm. I get it, like, why you'd want those three, but I'm for it because, dude, if you can trade R.J. Barrett and, like, a first, maybe even two, and that's it, no more than that, and get Donovan Mitchell, first off, although I think R.J. Barrett's going to be really good, it's going to be hard for him to even become the player that Donovan Mitchell is right now. So you have to take that into account. As well as, like, if you're able to have a player like Donovan Mitchell obtain a ton of cap space soon – and have so many draft picks to work with because, in theory, even if they just traded two, they would still have, like, I think it's, like, six or seven to work with. You can build something truly special. Yeah. So, I'm, so I get it if they're willing to trade RJ. For for me, when I first saw RJ Barrett was a possible, like, centerpiece, my first instinct was no. But then I had to, like, tell myself again how good Donovan Mitchell really is. Yeah. Like, people forget that playoff run a couple years. I believe it was playoff run a couple years ago. He was absurd. And then, like, Donovan Mitchell is such a good and dynamic player. I don't see why anyone wouldn't want him. They should give up R.J. Barrett. Will they? I don't know. I saw something that – I don't know how real it was, if it was even real at all. But they – the Knicks offered R.J. Barrett and two first, and they got declined. Or maybe it didn't get climbed, but it wasn't accepted. I don't know how true that is. I've seen that rumor floating, and I'm with you. I don't know if it's true or not, but it's interesting to think about. I I mean, I would even go up to three first, maybe. But I I feel like that's a solid. I would I would I would pull the plug at that point. I'd say you want RJ and three first. Get out of here. I I just don't know if Jalen Brunson, RJ Barrett, and Randall can get it done. It's my thing. It can't. I'll just say it straight up. It can't. But the Knicks are looking more, not like long, long term, but in a few years. Like that's their – Like four or five, like, maybe. It's, it's a dangerous game. Okay, it's a dangerous yeah. game. But knowing that you have – they're going to have a lot of cap space and draft picks to work with. If you can get one star there at all, which is hard. I get it. Getting the first star is the hardest part. But if you can just – oh, if you can just do it, you can almost attract anybody you want there. Here's here's the thing though. Kyrie and KD went to Brooklyn. And I know that doesn't really affect the Knicks, but like that just shows you how much people want to go to the Knicks. Like they chose Brooklyn over. I get it. Like I'm not I'm not denying this. <laughs> like like for years we've all been expecting one big player every single offseason go to the Knicks. And it's it's been Jalen Brunson. 
Like, and, no offense to him, but and and even if we look at the at whenever Carmelo Anthony went there, it's been pretty well documented that Melo would have went there that off season, and they traded for him the deadline before. <laughs> yeah. Like, what are you doing? Like, hey, speak, speaking of Melo, he might be coming back this off season, so that'll make things in. They won't need Donovan Mitchell if he's back. Yeah, totally. <laughs> sure that a lineup of uh, that of Jalen Brunson, Evan Fournier. R.J. Barrett, Mello, and Julius Randle are going to do great things. Um, but I, I do agree with you. I you I think you said uh, three is where you pull the plug. Yes. I think you, I think three. I I think four is where I pull the plug. I think I'd consider three. I just because my thing, my thing is if I'm training for Donovan Mitchell without R.J. Barrett, like. Four already makes me a little unhesitant, but like uh, I would, that's, that's I would do it. I would do it. So like, and I would consider five. I'm not saying I would do it. I would think about it. So if I'm uh, including RJ Barrett, no way I'm giving almost the same amount of draft capital. Yeah, I, I haven't thought about that way. If I, I think with no Donovan Mitchell, I think four is a little bit of a stretch. So I don't even know why I'm considering three with RJ Barrett. So <laughs> <laughs> I, I guess I needed to take a step back before I said that one a minute ago. But yeah, I mean, the whole thing's interesting. It's, I don't think it's as um, fluid or shocking, like newsworthy, just in your face all, all the time, like the KD thing was. Yeah. But I, I, it's so interesting just like how the Knicks like work. I, I don't know what it is. Just when the Knicks are in the headlines, it, it's just so interesting. I don't, it's so weird to me. I love it all the time. I don't care how bad they are. There's a Knicks headline. I'm all over it. <laughs> let's, let's go Knicks. Like, like not a Knicks fan at all. Like, you know, th- this is just a random fact on the podcast right now. This is how much I get into the Knicks whenever they're good at all or or people promote them. You know how the Knicks made the playoffs? Not 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 this past year, but the year before. When uh, Julius Randle should have won MVP? Uh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I have a Knicks playoff shirt from that year. I love it. I absolutely love it. Quality shirt. I mean, they may never make it back. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> may, have, may have to wait another decade. So, I, 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 I really, I know it's like a super just straightforward comment, but I, they need to get RJ Barrett, or not RJ Barrett, sorry. They need to get Donovan Mitchell. They need. I agree. They need to make it happen already. Whether it's with or without RJ Barrett, it it's got to happen at this point. You wait. You wait too long. You ain't gonna get him. That that team with RJ Barrett though, as well as Donovan Mitchell, would be insane. Like I'm not saying they they would they won't win it. Let's be honest. But like a very very fun team to watch. If they could get Donovan Mitchell though. In two off seasons, they're getting somebody else. I, I, that they have to be. It's, it's going to be Rudy a, Gobert after four it's, off. It's not. <laughs> it's, it's not a Knicks joke thing in, in, at that point. If they're able to get Donovan Mitchell, somebody else is coming. I, I haven't even thought about it that way. It's like if they if they can get one player, the dominoes will actually start to fall. And a player like they, like, they Mitchell, actually will. Like think about. Like we don't have to go over them, but just think about some of the relationships Donovan Mitchell has with guys in the league. Yeah, I mean, he was just working out with Bam Abayo at Abayo. I already said his last name for some. Yeah, can't say the last name. I mean, does that mean he's going to the Heat? Probably not. It's probably just them working out. 
but I mean, he's friends with everyone. Random. We'll come back to this in two years. The random stuff here. You know who's really good friends with Donovan Mitchell? Who's a free agent in two years? No idea. Jalen Brown. <laughs> I don't. I don't understand the Jalen Brown thing either. I'll be honest. Why do they want rid of gone rid of him? Doesn't they make sense to me. They don't want rid of him. He's in so many trade packages. Oh yeah, I mean, sorry that they flirted with Kevin Durant trade, Emmett. Like, <laughs> I mean, I saw, I, I saw something the other day. The Hawks were trying to get him. Like, well, what are the Hawks uh, going to no, give up? That's people talking about the Hawks looking at him in free agency in two years. Oh, okay, that's that's my fault. Yeah, okay. that's that's just speculation on that. It's not a trade thing. Yeah, I think I think uh, I think uh, John Collins and Onyeko Kongwu can make that deal happen. <laughs> one one thing is a little bit random too. I do want to shout out Charlie Ward. Was the last rookie the Knicks drafted? They actually like gave it a solid extension too. So that's like, it's it's insane how long it took the Knicks to find someone. Yeah, shout out to Charlie Ward. Um, there's probably like two people listening to this podcast right now that even knows who that is. That shows how long hey, it was. He, he won a Heisman Trophy. Look, I get it, but I'm just saying, like. <laughs> Probably not that many people that just know who Charlie Ward is right now um, that are probably listening to this podcast. Um, Fun got to watch if you ever seen his highlights before. Okay. Uh, you know, I'm a huge football guy. So, no, no, basketball too. Oh, well, I was, in case you didn't catch the joke, if you're listening, I'm not a big football guy. Um, but yeah, that's, we pretty much covered everything on the Donovan Mitchell stuff, man. I mean, last question. Do you think he's traded in the next two weeks? Yes or no? Hey. <laughs> I, 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 yes. 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 yes I, 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 I don't care if I'm wrong. I'm saying yes because I want it to be yes. Um, I hope so. But, yeah, I mean, just moving forward, just to kind of close this episode out, going to go over our top ten power forward. Sadly, like I said, we don't have Luke with us today, so, you know, no, no crazy hot takes or anything. So you're just getting <laughs> – this getting list for me and for me and Emmett. Um, you know, I say that as if Emmett didn't have Anthony Edwards as his number one shooting guard. I, I, I might yeah. shock you a little bit here too. So, oh, okay. Uh, so let's just go honorable mentions real quick. I actually put four in this one, probably a little excessive. <laughs> but uh, I wanted to give a shout out to Jeremy Grant, Draymond Green, John Collins, Keldon Johnson, and I'll discuss the draft I, thing here in a minute, but not right now. Uh, I have two honorable mentions. I got Christian Wood and Jeremy Grant. Okay. I, I kind of leaned on them being on new teams. I wasn't sure how they fit or just how well they would be. So I just kind of – they were bubble players for me, so I just kind of pushed them out. That was like the one excuse I had to knock them out. Fair. I mean, fair. I, I get it. Um, my thing with Draymond, man, is, dude, like if somebody has him in their top ten, I don't care. And I I thought about putting him anywhere through the 8 through 10 range, but I'm – and I like Draymond, I like what he does, but he gets so overrated sometimes. <laughs> yeah. Like, he was terrible in these playoffs. Yeah, he, he was really bad. He was not that. very good in the regular season once Steph went down. I get it. It's going to be hard. Steph's down. But, like, it just always shows, especially in that year where Steph was out the majority of the year, this dude almost relies on Steph. Like, it's not <laughs> like there's not much he brings to the table outside of being a good defender. But being a good defender can only take you so far if you can't do anything on offense. Yeah, yeah. And, and there, there's very little he brings to the table when Steph Curry's on the floor. Can, can I just go ahead and name my top ten because I think it would be funny? Do it. 
at, at 10, I have Draymond Green. <laughs> <laughs> I, I, everything you said is exactly like 100% true. I'm just, I'm a big Draymond Green guy for reasons you just said, but just like turned a little bit, like the opposite viewpoint. I, I just get it. like the stuff, like, you, like, like Steph to an extent. Not as much as people want to say anymore because of what he did in the finals and how yeah. much how much isolation and pick and roll he showed without Draymond at all, and yeah. was still just obliterating the Celtics. But like, there's a lot to say about Draymond is as good for Steph as Steph is for Draymond. Mm-hmm. I mean, for me, it's like next year he might go out there and average six, six and three, like, yeah. uh, like honestly. But I just I like what he does for the game, even when he's on the bench. Like, I know that's a a bad excuse to put him in the top 10, but I just, I like what he brings to the table just every day. And I just had to give him a nod, stick him in the top 10. I was struggling there at the end. I just figured, give it to him. Might as well. And then nine, I have Scotty Barnes, eight, Evan Mobley, seven, I have Jaron Jackson Jr. Six, I have Ben Simmons, five, Carl Anthony Towns, four, Anthony Davis, Three, I have Pascal Siakam. Two, Zion Williamson. And one, Giannis, of course. Okay. And I I think I can give some reasoning of why I picked Zion over Pascal. Yeah, talk through it. Um, It's like I said earlier, like my, if I had to pick one sleeper for the MVP, it'd be Zion. And it's no disrespect to Pascal. Pascal's an incredible player. He's, I mean, just probably sh- probably should be too honestly but like for me i just don't see pascal winning the mvp and i can picture zion winning the mvp and that's why i just gave him a little nudge that's fair um 10 i went with jaron jackson jr um at nine i went ben simmons if you guys heard me talk i am buying some ben simmons stock but i still have to see it to an extent um at eight i have christian wood and like I said, man, every single one of my honorable mentions, all four of them, and my eight through ten, I could have put in any order. Like honestly, I so don't don't take that too seriously. Oh, he thinks Christian Wood is miles ahead of. No, I don't. Like if you had, if I ranked all seventy of these guys, and like I'm not saying I had Jeremy Grant seventh out of these seven. Let's say I had him seventh. I really wouldn't care if somebody had Jeremy Grant at at one in that list of seven. Yeah, so, I agree. So. That's how hard it was for me. But then I had Evan Mobley at seven, very high on him. think he has a lot of potential. thinks he makes a little bit of a jump this year. Six, I had Zion. I'm still very skeptical of the health reasons, um, but I think when he's on the floor, it's going to be a great product. Um, I have Scotty Barnes at five. I'm expecting a very big jump. I'm very, I'm very pro Scotty Barnes. I think he's going to be great. Um, so I, you know, I debated putting him at four, but I couldn't because I have Anthony Davis at four. I think AD. Will be better than last season. I think it was a very, yeah. very even when he was on the floor, not a very. It was a very underwhelming year for him, even whenever he was on the floor. Like, like let's, let's not get it twisted, man. He was hurt, but like when he was fully healthy playing, it wasn't anything close to his best basketball. So I, I expect, I expect him to be back to a certain extent. I have Cat at three. Um, I think he's so skilled offensively and so good offensively. Like by default, he had to be there for me. And then at two, I have Pascal Siakam. I think that would probably be the consensus pick at two, if you ask most people. Mm-hmm. I'm sure there'd be people like you 
that would that would pick his eye on it too or whatever. And I, I get it if you think he's going to come back to like that type of play and play consistently. But I'd put Pascal out too. And number one, I mean, there's no debate. It's Giannis. Yeah, that's an easy pick. Yeah. So, yeah, nothing crazy today. Yeah, I feel like we were both pretty straightforward. I think the, the biggest difference is I had Ben Simmons, Jaron Jackson a little bit higher than you, and you had Scotty Barnes pretty high. Basically, I mean, I'm, yeah, I, I mean, I, I still love Scotty Barnes. Don't get me wrong. Ben Simmons, Jaron Jackson. Jaron Jackson might be a little bit high for me now. I'm still, I'm looking at it now. Ben Simmons, though, I'm, I'm just a big Ben Simmons fan in general. But I think, I think, <laughs> I think the thought of what Jaron can give you offensively and what he shows sometimes, mm-hmm. I am very high on him. But when you actually look at it in totality, it is kind of underwhelming. Yeah, I, I do want to say, I think we both, I think we both had Anthony Davis at four. Yeah, and I, I feel like it's just his pure talent is keeping him up there. It probably is. He he could drop so fast though. I think yeah. you might agree with that too. He could plummet off this list so quick. But dude, if I was basing it off nothing of what I think's gonna happen next season, there's a few more guys that'd be over him. I, I he's just so good. He like, is, and like he what, was he was supposed he to be do, the next post. Yeah, and what he can do in theory, you like half like. You almost have to just put him there by default every year in that, like, towards the top mm-hmm. because of what the potential is for him to do. I mean, and I think one thing I'm thinking of just right now off the top of my head is he was supposed to take over that Lakers team, and LeBron, at however old he is, way too old, is still carrying the weight. Like, Anthony Davis needs to get healthy. So I think that's like, the one. I think that's the biggest knock that's going to be on Anthony Davis whenever his career is over, unless he just does something in the next two or three years. Mm-hmm. Is that the talent was always there, and everybody kept saying, "This is the next big thing. This could be the best player in the world. Could be, could be, could be." We heard it. I don't know how many times, and he just never actually did it. Never was. And man, him and him and Demarcus Cousins. That's probably the most fun I ever had watching basketball. I'm not. I absolutely hate that whenever those two got paired together, Demarcus. Or his Achilles. I I know it kills me every time. Well, that team could have had those two and Drew Holiday. That team could have had some real potential to do something. Toss out some shooters. Yeah, like they like they would have found ways to improve the roster. Oh my! Oh, they they it would have been fun. Just, Rondo was playing with them that year because their backcourt was Rondo and Drew. Yeah. And the year before, they actually swept Portland in the playoffs, and like mm-hmm. Rondo played really well for them. Like a backcourt of that. We've been really like if they could have just found like a good three and then like some other um pieces, dude. <laughs> injuries. Been- Boogie Cousins can't stay healthy. Dude's insane though. Yep, injuries suck. But um, yeah, that's pretty much a wrap. Um, we'll be back with you guys next week. Uh, Luke will be back as well. You know, with that being said, this is the end of episode twenty-five of the Coast to Coast podcast. See you guys next time.